0: Happy Mother's Day. I enjoy saying that not just to my females and mothers I come in contact with, but I think every one of us serves as a mother, a co-creator, helping others grow up a little. Someone asked me, well, How come we make this big deal about Mother's Day, and what about Father's Day? Which I think is worth talking about. When June comes, I'm often away at GA, but it makes me aware that there is an imbalance here, and fathers are as vital to co-creation. I consider this sermon today an extension of last week's. We talked about some hard things about race and were willing to use the term white supremacy culture in the notion that um, many describe our nation and parts of the world as valuing as supreme a certain way of conducting business and having relationships and of not empowering everyone equally. So I thought, well, that's a little bit... uh, What I didn't get to say last week was the, the term white supremacy is uncomfortable because it often implies that an individual is that, and the teaching that I want you to have is really we're talking about a collective project and a culture, something that's bigger than each of us individually. Uh, So we don't get stuck in that, I'm not racist. No, you probably are not. We try our best not to be, but we swim in what is in essence, it's like a monocrop. So I've been thinking about it more in farming and flower, um, terms, that what we're being asked to is to look at maybe what we have growing here, while beautiful and wonderful, is an exclusive kind of field. That it's all one culture, and those who are different, we may call them um, Oh, I hate to say this. We may call them weeds or treat them like weeds, um, but there is value in the diversity, which is why flower communion is such an extraordinary moment, such a deep symbolic, and and is symbolic. I, Catherine had written that poem. Uh, and had said, "Come to me," and said, "Well, can we use this when we do a sermon about giving thanks to all our volunteers, which we're going to do in the future?" And I, uh, I think it was it was on purpose mistake that she read it today because it's about the beauty and the diversity driving up the hill that you experience, all the different greens and the flowers and the iris who've gone away too soon, but are beautiful. So diversity in theological terms is what I'd like to talk about. There is a minister no longer living who was the minister at First Unitarian, at uh, sorry, at All Souls, New York City, Forest Church. And he's renowned for an essay he wrote called Cathedral of the World. And he imagines that we all have a, what he called a second birth that moment we become conscious. And he said, what, we ha- what happens is you, you wake up in a cathedral. So we're all going to imagine that we are waking up in a cathedral. And he describes this cathedral as, uh, I think, St. John the Divine in New York City. I don't know if this inspired him, but it's this, the cathedral that they continue to build. It's never been complete. And that's his description of the cathedral in which we all wake up that there are rooms being built over here that we haven't even seen yet, those children being born, yet to be born. And then there are some wings and parts of the cathedral that are starting to decay and have shut down and are even centuries, thousands of years old. And we're kind of born into the middle of this place where new building is going on and parts of it are falling down and the roof is caving in And our experience of it is that it's uh, alive and here and now. And he talks about there are so many rooms in this cathedral, but you're born into one, the one that you know best. And he says, imagine that there are stained glass windows throughout, but what you see is the stained glass window in front of you And you learn to appreciate the beauty and the sunlight and how the colors are changed and perhaps are like a bouquet of flowers, different pieces of glass and colors the floor, colors you, colors those around you. So that's the image I want us to hold on to, that we are all born into this cathedral and that we have access to different stained glass windows. And I want to talk about theology. Where he's going is that there is perhaps a single source of life, that light that comes through the window, and you're seeing it through the glass. A lot of theologians talk about how we imagine our relationship to God if you want to use the word God or if you want to talk about whatever forces outside of you that you're working with in your life. Because we aren't doing this alone. Back to Mother's Day, we are given birth. We are given life. We didn't ask for it, but here you are. What are you going to do with it? So, some of the theologians reject that watchmaker notion of God and say, wait, we have a relationship with this larger force and we are co creators. And that really creativity, ongoing, never ceasing, it's called process theology because it's a process that's ongoing, never stopping. It's a a theology that makes sense to me, that that birth and death and in death is more creation, that that is, if you want to use Eastern terms, is the way. The way of the world seems to be this cycle of creation, this cathedral where rooms are being built and decaying. So what is our role as a human being? So theologians, when they talk about the role of human beings, uh, co-opt a word, anthropology. What is the human role in life? So there is a form of theology that describes humans as co-creators. And if mothering, and to expand it, if parenting or teaching or working with others isn't co-creating, I don't know what is. And it seems to me that's our project here, that we are always co-creating. I just taught the start of a roots class to our RE staff, and we had a conversation about that classic divide that people often have. Well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And often the language, what's underneath that is, you know, I do my own thing by myself, Religiously, and I don't want to belong to any group cause, because religion has uh, shamefully done dreadful things. But we focus on what's bad rather than saying, wait, humans, humans in a group have also done spectacular things and pulled themselves together under a banner of religion, talked about what it means to forgive a community, forgive someone, Anyway, the the distinction between spirituality and religion, I would poke a hole in that argument that it is possible to be spiritual alone. That that is that um, misguided misunderstanding that we have about what it means to be an individual. Back to Mother's Day. You did not spring from nowhere. And your ideas about what it means to be in the world and what's right and what's wrong comes from how you were raised or how you weren't raised and you've had to, to counter being ignored or harmed. But whatever happened to you in childhood has helped form you. So you may need to go off by yourself. To center and practice being spiritual, but even that comes from thousands of years of traditions of human beings who say, you know what, you're a little stressed out, would you go off on your own? Which is what mothers often say, you need a little time out. Or as modern mothers learn to say, I need time out. (laughs) So we're co creators in this ongoing process of being creative. And every single piece of research that talks about organizational behavior, what makes uh, innovation possible, what makes a healthy corporation, what makes a healthy church, has to do with how inclusive, how willing the group is to be diverse. Because when we create together, Which I maintain we have to do to survive. We cannot exist on our own for long. A child, a baby is born helpless. That corporations make more money. Churches are able to change the world and solve problems in ways when they have a variety of chorus of voices problem-solving, sitting on committees, sitting on boards, when the CEO is not just the typical, I'll, I'll use a, not the typical rose, but maybe is a Shasta Daisy instead. I'll go that direction. And so what what we were talking about last week and what we're talking about now is how we cannot live well without diversity. It's not about out there bringing someone in. It's about, A, deeply recognizing our own diversity. And as I said before, there are lots in the UUA who are angry if they looked around our congregation would say, oh, there are just not enough people of color here. And I'd say, that may be true, but... You're painting us with a brush that's too broad, and you're not seeing the amazing diversity here. And we may not be seeing it. So our job is to be co-creators and to bring in as many different voices in as many different ways as possible. Because we can't solve. We talked about poverty at 10 o'clock today. If we don't hear from different voices about how our systems affect them, We can't be partners in solving problems. So Forest Church, in this cathedral we're now born into, says, what we don't fully see is that there are stained glass windows that are different in every single room. And it is our job to acknowledge and recognize that we we grew up with this familiar stained glass but if we just step back and meet with others, they grew up in a completely different set of stained glasses and see the world through a different set of eyes and understand how it is to work together. And that that's our job as co-creators and in celebrating what mothering and bringing life into this world entails. May it be so.